Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, good Saturday, good grief. We're off and running one more beautiful Saturday, beautiful weekend. I love the middle part of the country. I have a live guest, not to be confused with a deceased guest. So we have somebody breathing with expertise to share with you today, but that's a secret. I'll tell you about that in a minute. This is the Home Improvement Show, the Helitech Home Improvement Show on KMOX, 50,000 watts. We have two full hours today, so we're going to get together and talk about anything related to your home. Yep, getting it ready for that gathering or the heat. Yes, we just finished some intense heat. We've had a little bit of rain, some gully washers, a little bit of drought. Oh, back and forth. And my golly, all of that stuff plays havoc on our homes, our buildings. Uh, things leak that didn't leak before. And with that, I do have a Helitech guest. I have Kevin Welch of Helitech with me here in the studio. Kevin, good morning. Welcome. Thanks for coming back to CamoX, my friend. Oh, my pleasure, Scott. Good to see you. Well, I know it's hot out there, and you are running and gunning with all the uh, rain that came some months ago. Now the drought, now the rain. My golly, what's uh, what's afoot now in your world, Kevin? It's uh, it's been pretty crazy. This is uh, this has been a year for sure to remember, um, going from all the rain and now the super super hot, dry here we're seeing here the last couple of weeks is starting to change things. So we're seeing some settlement beginning and. Uh, then the rain uh, over the last couple of days is uh, oh. throwing another little twist in it. A lot of runoff, so a lot of a lot of wet basements again. Oh my gosh, rapid runoff! I mean, holy smokes! Um, cats and dogs falling from the skies, running down into the small cracks in the soil. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, around my home, uh, previous to the few days ago when we had the rain. You know, the soil is starting to dry out and crack. I was seeing those crevices going down right next, typically right next to my foundation more than even out in the yard. Yeah, seeing the same thing around my own house as well as all the homes I've been visiting. You you walk around and there's there's some big cracks that were going on. They tightened back up the last couple of days. I don't think that's going to last too long now with the heat, the heat we've got coming around the corner. Yeah, with the rain, it just uh, hydrates the soil, swells back up, those cracks close, but... They're still there, just yeah. not visible, huh? Yeah, and with these temperatures we're going to get here over the next week or two, I think we're going to we're going to see some drying out again. Gosh, so. in, in that light, you know, really to think about Mike Miller and the X Garden Hotline this morning, uh, it's very incumbent on us to uh, water the plants, you know, get those planter pots, the lawn, the trees. Think of those big trees. You know, Kevin, you know, and I, you and I have talked about this before, watering the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tell me more about that. I mean, that, that seems counterintuitive. I, you know, I'm out watering the trees and the plants. I don't want my basement to leak, so I want to keep the water away, downspouts and all. Of, but, you know, I've got those cracks. Why, you know, and I've, I hear from you, you know, it's it kind of incumbent on us to keep the soil moist around the fountain. Why? Yeah, just to keep the, the settlement from occurring if you can. I mean, it's... Uh, it's not a solve-all, end-all solution, but it's certainly not something that's going to hurt you. Um, but it takes quite a bit of water to get it down below your footing. So you've got to, you can't just walk by with a hose and expect that to do it. You got to literally, you know, water a house side of a house for a couple of hours yeah. and hope that that does enough to to keep the soils in a in a state of of in between, not too dry, not too wet. Wow. Yeah, so. just like the trees, eight foot deep, tap roots, all that stuff, those foundations and basements are way down there. Yep. You know, looking, most foundations in the St. Louis market are going to be around, I would say, uh, the footing's going to be around 10 to 12 feet deep. 
wow. in most cases. So just uh, that's going to be the deepest point, at least. Well, will, so. you, will you stick around with us here and talk oh. to our listeners and me about the foundations, cracks? And all? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Right on. Kevin Welch, Helitech. Uh, Kevin, before we get started, how do people contact Helitech? We're, uh, you can get us at 1-800-246-9721, um, or you can get us at helitechonline.com. Cool. All right. Well, right now, our phone line's right here in KMOXville. Yep, this is University of KMOX. The classroom is open. We have open forum. Just come on in, have a seat, grab a cup of coffee if you'd like, some nice iced tea. Sit on down here in the studio or call in 314-436-7900-436-7900 and toll-free 800-925-1120. That's 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We're talking about foundation repair, wet, dry structure, column shrinkage, doors, windows, all that stuff, but we're talking about your home. Anything pertinent to you? I know it's time to kind of, you know, power wash and clean that deck, clean up the concrete, seal that stuff, get things done during the summertime, the maintenance. Maybe it's painting time for you. A little bit of trim work around the windows, caulking, sealing, storm windows, maybe replacement. We're tired of those storm windows. Yeah, you can get replacement windows. We can talk about that. The various choices, uh, you know, around storm windows and doors, people ask, you know, what's the best name? What's the best window and what's the best door? Um, there, <laughs> There is no one best one. Otherwise, the White House would have whatever, best windows and doors. But if you don't need bulletproof windows and blast-proof doors, then generally, you know, that's the best brand for national security. However, for your home or mine, you know, the very whether it's a brick, whether it's a frame, uh, what the neighborhood has, what price range is appropriate. So that's why there are so many different kinds of windows and doors manufacturers, lumber, artificial lumber, decking, all of those as well. Uh, North facing, south facing. So, you know, that's really why there are, you know, designers and various companies to keep these promises and offer these products, uh, many of which you hear right here on X. Phone lines 314-436-7900, toll free 800-925-1120. I want to congratulate my coworkers. Frankly, it's kind of, kind of a cool thing. Um, they've actually uh, opted to be one of the best uh, workplaces, uh, St. Louis uh, Top Workplaces 2017. I thought that was pretty slick to uh, be part of a team like that. So, uh, you know, congratulations to you. I'm proud to be part of that uh, team as well. Um, That company is Mosby Building Arts, my day job, Monday through Friday. That's what I do. Uh, I answer questions pretty much seven days a week. Um, I I enjoy this. Uh, When I'm off the air, I'm traveling or learning, sometimes teaching around the country, wherever that... um, um, need is or wherever that uh, my particular skill set exceeds that of the local area. And when mine is behind, I'm going to that expert wherever they are around the country and uh, sometimes a little bit outside of the shores of the country. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. KMOX has invited me here for the last 20 years to share my uh, I don't know, student uh, activities with you. Uh, I really, um, I'm always on one side of a student. I'm either a teacher or the recipient, the student of learning. I love it. I haven't found anything I know everything about. Um, the, the only thing that is constant is my realization that I don't know it all. Uh, 
I have very strong opinions about what may be the best application, and we're going to talk about that now. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Stay tuned. University of KMOX Bosco. The gerbil is cranking out 50,000 watts just off my right shoulder here. Uh, a little care and feeding. He's a good guy. Right here. KMOX. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Back together, home improvement. Kevin Welch, Scott Mosby, KMOX at your service. We have lots of phone lines open for you. 314-436-7900. Toll free, 800-925-1120. Next up, let's see what's uh, happening with Ed. Ed, thank you for getting us started. Good morning, my friend. How may we help? Yeah, I had a water softener installed in the basement, and the plumber put the the you know the uh, hose that comes out for the uh, when it regenerates uh-huh. and it drains out. They put that into the sump pump, and I wasn't sure if that was a good thing or not. And of course, it kills my grass when it comes up the <laughs> side of the house. Yeah, uh, but I'm more concerned about if that's okay for a sump pump. Uh, where do you live, uh, Ed? I live in High Ridge, Missouri. Are really you, technically Burns Mill, but right there at the... Are you on a septic tank or municipal sewer? Uh, municipal sewer. Okay. Um, well, the issue that you face is uh, all of the above is true. If you dump it down for a septic tank, all of that salt will kill your septic tank. If you dump it down your municipal sewer, all that salt will, and if you have cast iron pipes, it will just super rust your pipes out quickly. If you send it out to the yard, it'll kill your grass. Too much salt kills stuff, just like the Dead Sea is loaded with salt. That's why there's nothing that lives in it. Uh, your issue, in my opinion, would be to have a separate pump. From the installer's point of view, that's pretty much all they can do. If you put it into the sump pump, the sump pump, wherever it exhausts, um, I would exhaust it out to its own outdoor gravel sump because you're going to kill whatever's around it. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're, every time you put 50 pounds of salt pellets in that water softener, it's going to backwash once a week, twice a week, whatever, and send out four or five pounds of salt. Um, so there isn't any really good answer, but uh, the right answer is not down the municipal sewer and not down the uh, septic tank. So septic, okay. the sump pump is not really prohibited. I don't, I'm not aware. Kevin, are you aware of any code issues on that, uh, on the sump pump? Does, uh, does it hurt the sump pump, though? Uh, what's that? It did, the salt doesn't hurt the sump pump. Yeah, that's a question I, I don't know a real answer to either, Scott, but I got to believe that can't be too good for the pump. Yeah, the the uh, the pump has plastic parts and it usually has cast iron parts too, both mm-hmm. of which, you know, are not good. That I mean, that's the problem with it, Ed, is there, you're really, um, salt is uh, caustic. It chews things up. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're, uh, I can tell you this, uh, it needs to be piped through a plastic pipe to the exterior. Um, and some sort of a pump, your a softener pump, probably better off to drain that up and out and have its own. I, I know years ago I had one on a septic pump, and I actually drained it to a separate pipe out into a pit in the yard that I dug four or five feet deep, filled it up with gravel, and basically mm-hmm. it became a salt pit. You know, but everything on the surface, there was no grass around it that would grow. It was just right on the edge of the yard. 
There's no there's okay. no good place to get rid of uh, you know over the over a year's time a hundred pounds of salt. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. You bet. I hope we've been helpful. It's not the it's not the wrong thing to do, but the right thing is to go extra. But from the uh, water softeners installer point of view, unless they have uh, proposed and estimated in you know running that exhaust to somewhere else, which could be as much as the water softener. Uh, yeah, you know, they're pretty much uh, okay with their installation. Yeah, because there is a drain that the uh, furnace drains to, but it's pretty far away. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, that would go into, I assume that would go into the sewer. Yeah, and that and that, now you're sending all that downstream through all the pipes, cast iron. Oh, my gosh, you know, you're going to wreak havoc all the way down that waistline. So you're better off locally right. uh, handling that salt. Okay. So will you think the sump pump life will just get shortened then? Will that shorten the life? Or? Yes, yes. Yeah, Kevin's not in his health. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very okay. well could. Yeah. But no yeah, matter pump, whatever pump, pump you're running that salt through, unless it's a chemical pump, which the pump alone would be two or $3,000. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, so okay. you're just kind of, you know, it's the cost of getting rid of a caustic material. Yeah. Yeah, because it... Um um, I read online, I, I found two different places. One said it was okay, and some said it wasn't, so that's why I called. Yeah, yeah. You're, well, it is, everybody's kind of right. It's like if you have plastic waste pipes, you can get it down the plastic waste pipes. But if it's a municipal uh, sewer system, now you're pumping that down, and they need all of those bacteria to digest all that solid waste as well. So just like if it kills a septic tank, then it kills MSD or it kills municipal sewer systems. So, you know, salt is just um, – <laughs> it, it's – it's magical for what it does to the electrical charges in water to make them soft. But what that happens or the reason it happens with that salt, you know, that salt, the byproduct on that backwash is kind of a nasty material. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I think you're kind of optimal at this point, Ed. Yeah, it sounds like it. You, you have the okay. least worst um, problem. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just have to figure out. I may have to build a little uh, rock garden right there. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. I mean, if you can yeah. dispose of it locally, um, and keep in mind, every few years you're going to have to dig that thing up and see if you don't have a big salt lick buried under the ground, too. Yeah, I guess the deer will like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Good question, Mr. Ed. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. And next, let's see what's cooking. We're on a sump pump roll here. Let's see what's happening with Pat. Pat, good morning. Welcome. Kevin Welch, Scott Mosby. How can we help? Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm having a villa built, which in, it's an in-ground basement, which is going to be partially finished, which includes a bedroom, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the walls, foundation walls are up now, and it has, has an egress window in the bedroom portion. But also, the contractor has put the sub-pump pit, the rough-in for that, in that bedroom, okay? okay? He said it has to be there because of drainage issues, and uh, I apparently it's draining through the egress window somehow, and uh, he said he would build a, a, a closet around it, you know, for, for the bedroom to hide the pipes and the pump and all that, but uh, that it needs to be there as far as drainage problems. But he said he would move it if I insist, to the other side of the unfinished part, but he said he did not recommend it because it means that it will be like, I think he said like 35 feet of pipe that would go across the basement and the chances 
uh, there's more of a chance of the pipe clogging up or an animal getting in the pipe or, or something, and then that would clog up the whole system and blow and blow that window out completely if, you know, he said there's, you know, a 75% chance that I won't have any problem if I move it, but he does not recommend it, and uh, he thinks it should stay in the bedroom and put in, the, in a closet. Well, so far I'm agreeing with what he's saying, and let me back into it. So your, okay. your egress window is a buried fish tank. Water will get in the bottom of that egress window. So mm-hmm. there is a drain somewhere in that egress window. It goes down to some piping system, dewatering to carry the water away. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what he's doing is locating the exhaust for your sump pit as close to that built-in drain system for the uh, uh, egress window. That, And I'm speculating here. I don't know. I'm just guessing why in the world he would tell you that because, you know, locating – I agree with, you know, a 35-foot long run is a long way. That's That's maintenance. Uh, so the, again, I think, you know, it, just like we were talking to Ed in the previous thing, it, it was the least bad choice, um, to do, uh, Kevin, do you have any thoughts on this at all? Yeah, it sounds, is the egress window being installed close to the sump pit? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like what he's doing is he's discharging the water that would build up in the egress window. As you said, Scott, through the, through some type of a piping system or drain into the sump pit. And then the sump pump is going to pump that water out. Yeah. So that's, so that's a good plan. That's a good plan? Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We see a lot of these egress windows flood and, and cause water to, to get into the basement and, and okay. cause big problems. So that he's thinking ahead for you, it sounds to me like he's got the right the right plan. I see. Okay. Um, uh, are they – now this is going to uh, – um, this closet that he proposes to build around it, uh, Scott, it seems like it doesn't not going to be real unsightly. It's going to be like, you know, a two-foot floor-to-ceiling wide or two-and-a-half feet wide, whatever, accommodates uh, the pit and the pump and whatever and in the bedroom. But will that, do you think that will devalue, the, you know, the kind of, like if I'm going to resell it someday down the line, will that devalue it in any way to have that? You know that cl- that little closet with the sub pump in the bedroom. No, uh, there there is another choice. You can build it up so that it looks like a little seat, and you know you can later yourself put you know a piece of fabric foam cushion on top of it. So all this thing needs to be is some sort of an enclosure. The problem is it has to be easily open so that he's proposing a closet which you just open the door and you service the sump pump and it's easy right. to get to. So. From the service maintenance point, the closet is the best. From a homeowner standpoint, that service will happen maybe once or twice a year. So you can actually knock off the top part of that closet and just turn it into kind of a little seat or bench sort of look. Okay. Uh, I have a couple other questions now. I I worried about like... Oh, if something happens, that would overflow or something. See, if it's in that, it's in the finished part of the basement. It'll, it'll, you know, ruin the carpet and the drywall before, you know, for anything else. You know, where if it was in the unfinished part, you know, it would might might not get to that before it was discovered. You know, but uh, but I guess if it's, that's the best place to put it, I guess I shouldn't worry about that. Right? Yeah, yeah. The shortest route for that water in the the drain uh-huh. and the and the egress is gonna is the shortest route to that sump pump's the best thing. Um, yeah, but what I would recommend to you, Pat, too, is that since it is going to be in a finished area, I would recommend that you put a battery backup system on that. 
I, I, I intend to do that. Yeah. Yes, I do intend to do that. Yeah. And uh, so, so that's so it's, that'll cover the whole. I mean, it seems like to me, if there's only going to be a short pipe going, you know, to the U.S. window, does it does it cover the whole basement? I mean, as far as you know, the drain. I don't know. I don't understand how pumps work. So uh, it, it seems like to me, it wouldn't cover the whole basement. You know, uh, depending on the size of the basement, um, if it if it's most some some pits are not going to cover the whole basement. Um, you you got to realize you're putting it in a corner uh-huh. of, of the house, so it's going to cover maybe you know twenty thirty feet out from it each direction. Oh, um, I... It's going to relieve pressure under the floor, but uh-huh. it's not in a lot of cases. It's not going to get water from the opposite corner of the house all the I... way all the way into it to to relieve the pressure in those other areas. So that's when you would want to consider putting in a a subfloor drainage system. I see. Okay. Okay. Which means some sort of hydroway pipe or some moving water thing that um, brings the water to that pump pit. I see. Okay. Okay. And like Heolotech would be the one to call if I wanted ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. We come out. Is the floor poured yet? No. Okay. No, it is not. Great time to get it done then. Great time to get it done because you'll save some some money in in the the demolition that we don't have to do. Uh, also, he said he, you know, he would move that uh, pump if I insisted. But you, you, uh, what I'm saying, both of you, you think I should leave it where the where, based where it on, is based on the egress window, Pat. Yes, I think it needs to stay where it's at. You know, it's something we certainly come out and take a look at for you if you like, and we can get your proposal on what that hydroway would cost as well. Uh huh. Okay. And my last question: Is it noisy? Because this is going to be in a bedroom. Uh, yes, is it, it noisy, is. the pump? You bet. Your instincts are correct. It's noisy, huh? It's usually, you know, depending on the type of pump that's put in, it's usually yeah. not a terribly noisy sound. Uh-huh. A, lot, a lot of suctioning is the, is more the way I describe it. And, I and typically it's going to go on for three to four seconds at yeah. a time, and that's about it. Oh. So the amount, of, the amount of, I guess, usage is going to be really what, what determines if it's an, an annoyance or not. Uh-huh. Okay. Pat, you know what a bathroom vent fan is? You know, you flip on the bathroom fan and it uh, drives right. the air. Some sound like jet engines. They're $16. Some are $216 and are whisper quiet. So, again, not all sump pumps are created equal. You know, a builder-grade pump, I assume, you know, so it may be noisy. It may be a little bit noisy, but it's a guest bedroom, so, I mean, it's not going to be used all yep. that much, uh, you know, but... Uh, I just wondered, you know, how much noise there was. Well, it's it's something to be concerned of, but you can also, you know, soften that by just buying a better pump, too. Oh, uh uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much, both of you. I appreciate your uh, That helps me a lot to know what to do about it because I didn't know whether to have them move it or or keep it to where it is. And now I know I'll keep it where it is. Okay. Well, good luck with your new villa. All right. Thank you so much. Bye now. Okay. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Kevin Wells, Scott Mosby, with you on X. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, Kevin Welsh here from Helitech. Uh, there are a couple of seminars coming up that may interest you uh, on the callmosby.com website. It's an exterior design seminar. That's uh, Saturday, July 22nd. That's next Saturday, a Lodge of Pair. You can check out and sign up there. Also, Kitchen Design Trends 
about a month later, August 26th. That's at Whitmore Country Club. That is on Saturday, August 26th. So anyway, all of that information available at callmosby.com seminars. Find out more. I'll keep you apprised of that. Right now, we're going to talk with Jim. Hello, Jim. Good morning. Welcome to CamoX. How can we help? Hi, Scott. How are you? Fantabulous, my friend. How are you? Good. Good. You piqued my interest with your introduction this morning about windows. I'm thinking about putting replacement windows in my uh, home. Okay. And I've got six of them in the bedrooms that need to be replaced. They're 35 and a half by 37 and a half. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering whether to put uh, single or double hung windows in there. <laughs> and uh, been told both ways. Can well, you give me your... uh, what municipality are you in here? Uh, Florissant's. Lorson, uh, Jim, you've got a little bit of a problem here. Um, uh, if those windows are three feet, how far off the window, uh, off the floor, are the bottom sills of those windows? How far up? The- uh, probably uh, four foot. Four feet. Um, that, that's one of the issues. If you had a five-year-old and the house caught on fire, would that five-year-old be tall enough to crawl open and crawl out that window? And four feet is a little too tall. The point is, is they're not legally egress windows. So when you go to replace those windows, um, and this gets to whether permits are pulled and rules are followed. Um, so you can replace those windows as they are, but technically you're supposed to, you know, make those windows um, fire egress appropriate, which means your family can get out in a fire. And that okay. means cutting the windows bigger, um, you know, siding trim, you know, double the cost, all, all that kind of stuff. So that's one of the issues with these higher, older windows. But anyway, back to your window question. Just to let you know, you're going to wind up with a wide range of conversations. Uh, some will not talk to you about that at all, and some will start with that one. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, what you wanted to hear. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm aware that double hunger easier to clean most times. Uh-huh. Uh, but I've also heard that the single hunger, as far as... Uh, Uh, Air coming through is a lot more efficient. Uh, The reason double-hung windows are popular in this part of the country, we used to have, think of Soulard, um, Lafayette Square, all those 10-foot ceilings in those old buildings. The idea was the heat would rise to the top part of those rooms, and then you double-hung, you take the top sash. Double-hung means both of the window frames that sashes, the top comes down and the bottom comes up. So back 100 years ago, air conditioning was drop that top sash down, make a hole in the top of the window, and all the heat goes out first. So that's the advantage of a double-hung, single-hung window. I, can, I live with double-hungs. They're very popular around this part of the, uh, the country. Uh, I like double-hungs because I can drop that top sash down, um, and I also have bottom down, uh, you know, top-down, bottom-up uh, right. window blinds. So we have our windows open all the time with no loss of security or no loss of privacy. So uh, double hungs are going to cost you a little bit more than single hungs. um, But, you know, frankly, there's not a huge difference in price between single hung and double hung. No, I think it was $25 a window or something. I just wanted to get uh, what I thought was best for it. So. Well, think okay. about the think about the cleanability of it. On a single hung window, your bottom sash may tilt, but then you're still hanging out for the top set. You know, there's all kinds of things that right. that it just. Uh, but uh, depending on how long you're staying in that house, um, it may behoove you to you know buy up the food chain on windows a little bit. Well, I thank you for the tip. I will check with this fellow because I, I did not even think about that. So, 
That's a great help. Thank you. Right on, Jim. Good luck, my friend. Bye now. And again, there's uh, that, that's one of those things uh, appropriate. Um, and this gets to, in my world, it gets to competence. And then number two is ethics. You know, number one, do they know enough to know the code and realize that, by the way, this is life and safety. Uh, the fire guys get pretty excited because they're the ones that come out and clean up bodies when, you know, people are trapped inside burning buildings. So life safety issues are a big deal. And window, egress windows, basement, as well as the old houses that had tall windows, you, you see them all around Olivet, Crevecore. Um, and, you know, as a firefighter, you only need to be on one or two of those when you get pretty, you know, militant about making those windows to be openable. You know, certainly, you know, you don't really have to worry about it. It's only your family that, you know, whose health is threatened. I, I say that facetiously. Uh, phone lines, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Uh, Kevin Welch, you're here with us from Helitech. Um, are, are there any uh, new things happening in the dewatering, the technology of foundation repair, uh, crack? Um, you know, you guys seem to be on the forefront of a lot of interesting things. Nothing really uh, that's brand new that's out there right now. We're, we're doing a lot of the things that we know work yeah. and have been working for a long time, and so we're, we're sticking with that. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. We're seeing a lot, I'm seeing a lot more houses that are being built with sump pumps, yeah. with drainage systems installed from the beginning, which is a good move. Nice. It's, it's, uh, you know, you're saving a lot of money by doing it before you, you pour the basement floor. So I think, uh, I think the builders... Um, are, are getting better at pushing that idea. How much uh, of the Kevlar fabric are you getting into reinforcing? I mean, Kevlar being the product that, you know, bulletproof vests are built out of. And I mean, I was amazed that that product was applied to foundations at all. Uh, and I know it's pricey and may not be applied much, but how much of the yeah, Kevlar the, reinforcement? The, you? We're doing the carbon. It's the, I guess the Kevlar and the carbon are the same thing. Yeah, right. It's the carbon fiber mesh. Um, we're doing a lot more of that. We're recommending it a lot more. Um, we're seeing a lot of successes with it, especially when you get into cracks that are over a quarter of an inch in width, um, which is more of a structural, you know, yeah. crack as opposed to just a, a light settlement crack. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's an extra step. It is an extra cost, yeah. um, and and it's in a lot of cases almost doubling the price of a of a standard crack injection. But um, depending on how much of it we're doing, that that can change as well. But uh, a lot more of it. Yeah, carbon fiber. Well, you've got some interesting tricks to pull out of the bag, and uh, the carbon fiber being one. For sure. All right. Will you stick around with us here? Yeah, you bet. All right. Kevin and Scott, KMOX.